Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Powers, and you are listening to The Mom Hour. Today's show is one of our special bonus interview episodes, and I am thrilled to be joined by Dr. Jennifer Freed to discuss a topic that is so important and unfortunately increasingly timely, and that is how we speak to our children about tragic events, about violence in the news, and more generally, how we promote peace and empathy and emotional learning in our own homes and communities. So thank you so much, Dr. Freed, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm loving the idea of talking to moms about my most passionate subject. So before we get started, I wanted to remind our listeners of a couple of things. Um, number one, if you normally listen to this show with your little kids around, um, just be aware that we are talking about talking to our kids about sensitive issues, including violence in the news and tragic events. So it may be one um, that you want to listen to without listening ears. Um, if you're a regular listener, you know that the primary format of this show is a weekly conversation between myself and my co-host, Megan Francis. We recently started doing these bonus interviews about once a month so that we can talk to experts and cover topics that really benefit from some added perspective. Um, all of our shows, both interviews like this one and our regular weekly conversations are at themomhour.com. And all the information we talk about today with Dr. Freed will be there as well. So the links that we mention, um, Dr. Freed's organization and how to find her at her website and social media, you don't have to write it down. You just go to themomhour.com, look for bonus interview number four, and it will all be right there. So, Dr. Freed, I want to introduce you to our listeners first. You are an author, a speaker, and a nationally recognized expert on a number of topics, including parenting teens, bullying, social-emotional learning. You are also the co-founder of AHA, which is a nonprofit that works with teenagers on creating positive attitudes, social harmony, and bridging the achievement gap. Um, we are going to talk about the work you do with AHA in a bit, but I want to start by getting right to the heart of our topic today. So what do we know from a psychological perspective about the impact this is having on our kids, kids of all ages? Um, neurologically, 
what's, what's at risk here? What are we seeing? Simply put, for parents and kids alike, when we get a lot of exposure to these images and to these sounds, it's called vicarious traumatization. Although we're not actually in the scene, our brain processes it very similarly in terms of cortisol and adrenaline when we watch it as if we were participating in the scene. So it's very damaging and stressful to be bombarded with these sounds and images of people in pain or being hurt. Wow. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is big stuff. And I almost can relate to that as an adult, not just for our children, but the, the kind of low-level anxiety or stress response you feel when, when you watch this. So maybe, maybe let's start there about our own our own processing of scary news and tragic events as moms, what, what can we do uh, to be healthy about that? Is it just about staying away? Are there ways to process? Because in order to, to parent effectively, I think we've got to start with ourselves. So what, what advice do you have for moms who are seeing these things and, and wanting to process it in a healthy way? I think it's super important to do the following things. One, absolutely limit exposure. Just get the information at, at one time a day, limit yourself to that, and see if you can restrain yourself from looking at the images that are horrific, because they really don't help you. Two, when you do get upset by something you've seen on purpose or even just by accident, make sure you have a friend or partner or somebody that you can vent to, because when we are triggered and upset by these things, we have a multitude of emotions. And the worst thing we can do is just get busy and forget about that because they go into our body in a harmful and stressful way. So it's as simple as calling somebody and just saying, I just saw this, I feel upset, I feel terrified, I feel horrified, I feel angry, I feel helpless. When we name our emotions, we tame them. Mm -hmm. So instead of them rolling around like, you know, pinballs in our head and making us feel queasy and awful, we can name them and therefore really release them. Sometimes it's great to write things down or to draw them just to release them, really intend for them to go out of you instead of ingest them more or actually talk more about the horror with other people, which builds on the negative emotions. And then lastly, it's super important to be part of nature. When we're in nature, it just calms the whole nervous system down. And in nature, there are no bloody images or horror stories going on. You know, right now I'm looking out at trees and I can see the ocean from where I'm sitting. And that absolutely reminds me all is well. Mm -hmm. Everything's okay right now. I love that. And I can already see how some of this is going to translate directly to how we help our kids, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. 
So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. I want to kind of go a little deeper with this idea of... Um, managing how much we take in. Um, I find it, especially with social media, um, I find it hard to filter things out. And I think it's easy to think that a headline here or there, for example, I'm not likely to click on an article I know that is going to have really upsetting details and graphic images, but simply by having it in the feed there that I scroll by, I think it still probably has an effect. And I almost wonder if a more intentional approach for moms about, I guess what I'm getting at is I wonder if there is a way to get the right information without having the constant 24 hour bombardment through a social media feed, or for me, it's not the television being on so much, but um, is that just about finding the right news source? Do you think, or maybe about sitting down once a day? I think it's about being selective because We don't need 25 news sources to keep up with the events as they roll out. So it's deciding in a disciplined way, this is my news source. I will check it. It won't check me. Mm -hmm. You don't need to get news alerts. Right. I mean, you can find out. Um, And so I think it's super important for moms to make it a priority that their own emotional health is as robust as it can be, which means staying away from stimulation that makes us nervous, Mm -hmm. anxious, worried, because we are the front line in terms of giving our children a sense of safety and well-being. Oh my gosh, that is that is so powerful. And I'm already kind of feeling inspired to be better about that myself. Um, 
I want to move into a little bit talking about our kids, and I'll just use my own kids as an example. Um, I have a three, a six, and an eight-year-old, and I'm moving into a transition, I think, in purely sheltering my kids from, we don't have TV news on at all, um, or even radio news. I don't when the kids are around. Um, but we're, I'm moving into a place where purely sheltering is not going to cut it anymore, in that my eight-year-old is going to hear or see things, you know, outside of my control, but also that um, she's ready conceptually for some of these big ideas like Mm -hmm. discrimination, like, Mm -hmm. you know, global, global issues that include violence. Um, Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, sheltering has been a good strategy up to this age. What, What can we do proactively with these maybe middle grade elementary aged kids to not mm-hmm. hide big topics from them, um, mm-hmm. still shelter from violent images, but start to introduce big topics like discrimination or mm-hmm. gun violence instead of waiting for the next tragedy where we've got to cover their eyes. Well, I think it's a delicate dance because the general rule of thumb is wait till they bring it up. Okay. It's not such a good idea to download onto kids things that they haven't themselves found a way into. Okay. Now, having said that, you know, discrimination happens earlier than eight, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, if there's any comments or entrees into that type of subject, the first thing that you want to do is find out what they already know and what they already think about it. Mm -hmm. Because at eight, they're already thinking a lot of independent thoughts. They have their own experience of things and you want to mediate that instead of download on them or instruct them right way better for them to work it through with you as an act of collaborative conversation than this is how it is honey and let me introduce you to the world because they may have better ideas about things than you right right so even if um you you recommend you would recommend waiting for them to come to you having heard about something, even if it's something that we really hope they don't hear about. Do you know what I mean? Like the fear well, is that they're all they... going to hear about everything. Right. So, so, so is there... I mean, yeah. yeah. So, it, it, you know, if, if something happened to you or your partner and it happened in the day and it's impacting you and they notice that and they're already old enough to have a conversation about it, you could say, I'm feeling really upset and hurt mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. because a friend of mine who's a Latina was da-da-da-da, uh-huh. you know. And then your little, is it eight-year-old girl? Uh-huh. Yeah, girl. Would ask a question because they're naturally curious and not shut down. Right. Well, what do you mean, mama? What do you mean, Latina? Or you know, right. whatever right. she's going to say. Right. And then you have the conversation. But what I'm saying is it's not helpful to bring in some kind of rubric of education about something. Sure. The about isn't as effective as in context. Yes. That, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And what about when uh, the tragic events do occur um, and kids are getting to the age where they may hear or even see something at a friend's house, at school, when we kind of reach the the place where we can't shelter Mm -hmm. them from those images. Um, Do some kids hide it? Is it, will they always come home and say? No, no. Okay, so let's talk about that a little. Okay, so to me, there's one technique 
that's the foolproof way to stay in touch with your kids and what they're experiencing without being a helicoptering parent that you can do on a nightly basis. So whether you get to eat a meal with them, not every parent does, but at some point before they go to bed, you do a little process which we call thorns and roses. And you can do it for five minutes, you can do it for 10 minutes, and you basically say a thorn from your day and a rose from your day. And you could include that to be a thorn in the world, a rose in the world. Okay. And then if you have a ritual by which everybody, including the parents, is saying their thorn and rose, you develop a normative way for children to let you know what's going on in their lives without you feeling like an investigator right. or them feeling like you don't trust them or you're intruding on their inner life. Right. I like that so, a lot. So it's about modeling. It's right. like if I say today, my thorn in the world today is just the xenophobia and the real extraordinary effort right now to find scapegoats to blame for all our problems. But my rose is there's amazing people like you doing this uh, mommy show about positive things in the world. Mm-hmm. So just right there, you know a little more about me and what right. I care about. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it's an ongoing, an ongoing dialogue. Um, so let's take this a step further and say that a child... Um, saw something that was really scary or her- went to school and heard something about a mass shooting and came home confused and full of misinformation. Can you kind of give us th- the balance of, I, I know we want to find out what they know, but how do we, how do we get them to, to talk about that? You know, I guess I, I, I realize my questions are all coming around to the fact that we're not always there anymore as kids get older. No, so no. being the so, sounding so, board when they come home. So let's say they did go to school and hear about a mass shooting, say, and come home and ask questions. Where would you, where would you go with that conversation? I would start with making sure, this is a super important one, making sure that you have free attention. You're not on the phone. You're not on the computer. You're not making dinner. You're not cleaning up. Let's you and I have a moment, child, and sit down and talk. What did you hear? What was that like for you? What are your questions? And I'm saying in order, but then you have to go slowly through this. What are you concerned about? Mm -hmm. How do you need me to comfort you? What would be comforting for you? Usually it's reassurance Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to reassure that as much as that was an awful thing that happened, it's a very rare thing that Mm -hmm. happens even still. Mm -hmm. And it's not happening here and Mm -hmm. we're good and we're okay. Mm -hmm. The most important thing to do is center back in the moment, which is Mm -hmm. why it's important for mom to be calm. Right. Like that's an awful thing that happens and sometimes awful things happen in the world and we really don't like them and they're very scary and we get very upset. So you, you know, mirror it right back to them. Right. And look, right now we're good. We're okay. And then the last question, even little children, is there any way you'd want to help or anything you'd like to do about it? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, what helps us get through all of this negativity is Mm -hmm. agency. If we don't feel like we have any way to contribute in a positive, then all we're doing is sucking up the negative 
atmosphere. And that's not good. So you want to ask the kid because kids have amazing ideas what they want to do. And they're not afraid of being not enough help. Do you know what I mean? They're not... We sometimes get hung up, well, I don't know if there's anything I can do. It's such a big problem. They don't, in my experience, kids don't have that hang up at all. They're, I, I, they, they believe they all. can help a lot. They can. I, yes, I want to give you an example. We yeah. were doing an anti-bullying assembly for elementary school kids. And an uh, eight-year-old girl, we were coming up with, what ideas do you have to help with this? And this eight-year-old girl, she stood up. She goes, me, me, me. And I said, okay, what is it? She said, I want to have like a maypole at school. And if anyone's feeling bad or anyone's being hated on, they run to the maypole and then all the rest of us run to the maypole and give them hugs. And then everybody says something nice to them. That's amazing. Okay. It's like, wow. So it's, it's just an emphasis on, is there anything you want to do or you want to do with me about this? And sometimes it will be like they want to send a card to Mm -hmm. the family. And you want to start people off young knowing they matter. Every one of us matters. Every single one of us matters, no matter what age. And kids have been known to do remarkable things. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Um, So continuing along the same same line of questions, um, kids sometimes want a lot of detail. And I find we'll ask, we'll continue to ask questions about details that feel uncomfortable for us as adults to like, well, I'm not sure if I want to tell you exactly how many people died or exactly, you know, who the, who the gunman was, or I'm just pulling these, mm-hmm. but yeah, is, yeah. There, is that part of sheltering to kind of keep it at the conceptual level or is that, lo- is that detail important for their understanding? And again, I'm in this age range of elementary. Yeah, age. it's a balance. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, inquisitiveness is such a good part of growing up. And when it becomes more like a little obsessive, right? tell me more, tell me more. You yeah. can tell energetically. Yeah. Is it actually a fact finding mission <laughs> or a sort of a purient interest in the awfulness of it, which right. kids have that too, you yeah. know? So you don't, you just want to say, you know, I've told you this, I've told you this, let's actually focus on now, um, what we're going to be planting in the yard. Right. right. Just, just change the focus okay. instead of putting them down for wanting to know, but you can tell right. emotionally the caliber of the question. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to turn us to really little kids first, and then I'm going to end us more with um, the teens that you work with so much. But before we go to teenagers and your programs, I want to, I want to go to, let's say, two- and three-year-olds, who a lot of our listeners have, who are thinking, well, my kid's not going to school to hear about this. My kid is not watching the news, and I have pretty much control over <laughs> their media intake and their information intake. Can we talk conceptually about building skills like empathy and understanding and, you know, love and acceptance in a household when your kids are babies and toddlers? It's, I know that's kind of a big topic, but do you have either advice yeah. or ideas? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's all about the micro conversations and the expressions you share with these little ones. So... Building empathy starts with little things like if the child is throwing a tantrum, um, there's a way to say that's 
okay that you're upset, but mommy actually is needing to move away from that because it hurts her ears or, you know, making the parent part of the context of their expression. So the worst thing we can do is imagine that kids do everything they do in a vacuum, every single thing that they do at two and three, because they're getting old enough to be in relationship, Mm -hmm. is in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So not overstating it, but letting them know impact. Mm -hmm. So if the kid said, I won't share my toy with Bobby, Mm -hmm. then you really gently say, that's unkind that hurts Bobby's feelings, and let's try again. You know, you don't have to be heavy-handed about it, right? but you want to be the monitor of beginning to let them know that they're not in the world alone and that everything they do is in the context of relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and so... Let's move now to the way that you've worked on bullying and positive attitudes with teens. Will you tell us a little bit about AHA and the work that you do? Yes. And this very much relates also to younger kids as well, by the way, our philosophy. Okay. So our our philosophy is all about building social and emotional skills inside of youth and adults. So we as adults are learning as well as the young people. This is not just the purview of adults teaching young people. All of us grew up in a time and a nation that prioritized consuming and success and business and didn't highlight the absolute necessity of healthy relating styles. So from the very beginning, when we're raising children, our emphasis is on how healthy is the relating style of that child with their peers and the adults in their life. So at AHA, we focus on junior high and high school, and we have an in-school and an after-school and a summer curriculum that's all about creative self-expression through the vehicle of social and emotional learning. So by the time they finish our programs in school, out of school, and summer, teens are equipped with a whole host of social-emotional skills, which include emotion management, empathy, teamwork, responsibility, initiative grit, and problem-solving. Because we know now through the research, if all of us have these skills, and this is of any age, Mm -hmm. then we all have better relationships. Mm -hmm. And if we have better relationships, we do better in life and we feel better in life. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So one of our cornerstone projects is called AHA Peace Builders, where we train 150 to 200 social-emotional leaders of school and community that are teenagers. And then they go out and they lead what's called connection circles in school and in the community. And those 150 lead circles for up to about 7,000 others. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. 
It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Um, what when we're talking about these uh, recent events in the news, um, have you been able to work through some of that in your programs as they come up almost in real time? Like, let's say it's the summer and news is coming through from France or, you know, from Orlando. Is that part of is that coming out in the work with the students in your program? Absolutely. So we just finished our summer segment, but some of this was going on. We start every single afternoon with thorns and roses Mm -hmm. and a mindfulness meditation. And people bring up things that are going on in the world because they care. And then we can actually, in the moment, devise an exercise to work on that. So what kinds of feelings are coming up? How does it impact you? What would you like to do about it? You know, it's just right there in real time at AHA we have developed a culture with the adults and the teens that is very much about having deep and authentic conversation right. and having it be present. Right. That's great. Um, so, excuse me, sorry, Jennifer, I lost my train of thought here, so I'm going to edit that out and transition us to our next question. While we're paused, is there anything um, that you would love to talk about still? I'm going to probably ask 
one or two more questions. Well, I think for your audience, the most important thing is um, having parents learn to manage their emotions and have empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would like to talk about that because, you know, being a mom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll cue you on that. And then I remember now where I was before, um, which was um, looking for similar programs or ways to get connected in your own community around around ideas like this, since this is specific to Santa Barbara, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, so I might ask that one first and then let mm-hmm. us finish up. Um, so I'll mm-hmm. bring us back so that works. So I'm just going to okay. get right back in. So I love this. Um, I love what you've said about AHA. I'm wondering if um, women and moms across the country listening, are there ways, do you think, to connect in your community to similar organizations or to find find your place in a community that is um, you know, around some of these same themes. Um, it seems like such a great offering and you're in Santa Barbara. Um, but do you, do you have ideas for how to find your tribe in this way around people committed to these ideas? Two ways. On Google, in your area, search for social and emotional learning in your specific area. And secondly, the other movement that's really tackling a lot of this is called mindfulness education. Okay. So those two vectors should lead you to something that would put you in a community of like-minded people. That's so great because there's so many ways this can manifest. It could be a program for teens. It could be a parenting group. I mean, it's, I'm even yeah. having trouble finding the right words because we're talking about a, a really big, important set of uh, values, really, that can come out in a number of different programs. So I love yes. that we have now specific search terms. Specific, and I will um, will include those in our show notes again. If you don't remember them, um, head to themomhour.com. So I kind of want to bring us back before we wrap up, um, big picture, to what you mentioned at the beginning of the show about our own um, our own emotions as parents being really the first way our kids experience experience emotional learning, um, and that luckily is something we can work on with or without tragic events. So. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. And for newer parents who are experiencing feelings of overwhelm or stress or anger or sadness, what, how can we keep ourselves healthy to model that for our kids? So the two most important skills for parents to consistently dedicate themselves to, and that means me, I'm a grandmother now, but mm-hmm. I always do it every day, is emotion management and empathy. So let's take emotion management. Okay. To become proficient at this, it means that you know what you're feeling, you can name what you're feeling, and you have a healthy way to express your feelings. And that means hour after hour. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say you're in a situation as a mom of three or six or one, it doesn't matter, and you are going nuts. And that's completely understandable because all mothers have those days. You need ahead of time to have a plan for how you're going to take care of those emotions because they will come. Mm -hmm. In the moment when you're what's called flooded with cortisol and adrenaline, you cannot think about what's healthy to do. All you can think about is fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a plan in place ahead of time on a daily basis of when I encounter this awful emotion storm of anger and rage and irritation, what are my go-to ways to manage those emotions healthily? 
We all have our not skillful ways, eating too much, drinking too much, right. yelling at our spouse, kicking, you know, something. Those are not good ways, and the kids see that. Mm -hmm. And we're teaching them that from day one. And I'm not perfect, so I'm not saying, wow, nobody's ever going to do that. But it is our responsibility as mothers to check ourselves and have a really strong system in place for managing difficult emotions and also having a great system in place for being able to express our exuberance, our joy, our gratitude, our celebration. Yeah. So that's on emotion management. <clears throat> With empathy, here it is. For most mothers, not all, they're the ones not getting the empathy. Right. They're the ones overdoing, overgiving, and there, there is a weird unconscious ethos with mothers, like the more we do and nobody thanks us for, the better we are. <laughs> it's really creepy, actually. <laughs> it doesn't teach our children good things. I've seen so many mothers overdo, overgive, and think, well, one day our children will give back to us this, and they don't. Because <laughs> what they learn is people will just do stuff for us. Right. So you want to teach the people in your lives that you too need appreciation and expect gratitude, that selfless is not a great example unless the people in your life really get what that is. Right, right. Unless it's understood for what it is. And uh, one more thing about yeah. empathy. So, and then the other way is the people that are in your kids' lives with you. If you're a single parent, then it's you. But if it's you're with a partner, it's your partner. That you demonstrate in front of them consistently that you really want to understand emotionally what's going on with the adults in your life. Mm -hmm. That you're a great listener. That you don't interrupt. That you're not criticizing constantly. And that you actually want to express the smallest, consistent things that you're grateful for to the adults in your life. I love that. I love that. I mean, I love that this is both setting an example and modeling for our children, but really is sort of the key to feeling happy and fulfilled ourselves. It's kind of a win-win. Well, wow. exactly. And so if the mothers I know that are doing this kind of practice and getting support for it, the kids are so happy because mommy's happy. Right. And, you know, it's something that gets kind of um, covered superficially a lot, I think, in writing and teaching about parenting is that, you know, moms need a break, go get your nails done. Um, and I think sometimes that's at the expense of really understanding what we're talking about. Um, so I think you, you put it perfectly. I won't even, I won't, I don't need to add to it except that um, I, it's such an important lesson, especially for brand new moms. Um, you know, there's this feeling that it's all consuming in the beginning and in certain ways, you know, physically, emotionally it is, but I think the sooner moms can really understand what you've just said, the better. Because the well, truth is that more time, I'm in a place now where I do have a little more time in the day. I have a little more time to think my own thoughts. Um, but cultivating those habits and that mindset from the beginning, gosh, what a great head start, I feel like. 
And you just made a great differentiation, Sarah. A lot of us have been trained through advertising to go for the cosmetic fix, mm. which is vanity fix, you mm -hmm. know, the nails, the this, and none of that's bad. I'm all for all of it. <laughs> but what we didn't get encouraged to do is the inner yeah. adjustments, like the breathing, the mindfulness, the being able to express ourselves, being appreciated taking the time for our own creative expression, even in the midst of being mothers. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm really glad we spent some additional time on that because I know our listeners will appreciate it. And like I said, um, with or without tragic events in the news, this is just really important daily practice. So um, I want our listeners to be able to know where to find you. Um, I'll just mention your website is jenniferfreed.com, correct? Correct. And then you're at Dr. Jen Freed on Twitter. I will link to all of this um, and Jennifer Freed Official on Facebook. All of this will be at themomhour.com. Um, and then if, if after we wrap up recording, if you think of any books or resources or websites, um, I can also add those for our listeners um, in our show notes so that we can direct people to even an article here or a book that you'd recommend um, that are, is good for moms. I would love to include that as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. And thanks for being such a positive, embracing mother. Oh, thank you. Take care. Okay, bye. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tease Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Tease Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.